Harry Kane's a wizard. Welcome back all once again. It's the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. And it's the 72nd edition of the uh, the surgery coming to you on the 3rd of October 2017. We've had a weekend of uh, great defensive performances and lots of goals once again in the Premier League. So we're going to be reviewing all of that, helping me to do that. Uh, and of course, me supporting him, our editor-in-chief. It is the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back to you. Thank you very much, sir. Did you take advantage of some of the uh, the big hitting scores this weekend? Um, I felt like I didn't take advantage as much as I could have, but yeah, I had Kane, which everyone else should, just didn't captain him. Just didn't captain him. I'll be interested to see who you did go for then. So, And uh, we've got another great guest on with us this week, so he's been with us before. We've got Az. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Good to be back. Welcome back, Az. Az, tell us a bit about how you've been faring this season. Well, I've kind of been getting a bit of a reputation as the uh, king of the wingbacks <laughs> this year. <laughs> Because I kind of started with four in defence, you know, and I just I just think wing backs this year are kind of the way forward. Um, so it started off pretty terribly. I was kind of ranked around the two million mark for the first couple of weeks, but I stuck to my guns, and now I'm ninety three k, and all is looking peachy. So yeah, it's going all right so far. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, we'll go through our teams, and we'll obviously find out a bit more about your thinking for the game week as we go along. Uh, first of all, Iceman, how did you get on in the in the previous game week? Well, indifferent. I kind of thought I did really well to start with, but everyone else seems to be doing all right around me again. I got 65 this week. As I mentioned, I didn't captain Kane. I captained Lukaku, so I got that 12. Um, I made decision. I had two free transfers, so I had Gaviadini. I thought, well, I need to find the best option for this game week up front, and I I did opt for Andy Carroll, who I have now removed because I'm on my wild card, and I opted, opted for Bellerin because all of that talk around Jones being out I just didn't want to risk it turns out I actually benefited from that by about five points uh, because Bellerin got a, an assist and two bonus so yeah not too bad uh, I'm up to 260k overall but I kind of felt like I could have done better yeah so not too bad again we can actually that is over 10 over the average point so you must have uh, jumped up the standings a little bit yeah pretty good game week rank of 800,000 Good strong score. Actually, funnily enough, because I um coming to my team, um you got what was it sixty? Was it sixty three? You said you got sixty five. Sixty five, yeah. Right. Okay. So I got sixty seven. So two points more, and I my game week rank was five hundred ninety seven thousand. So if you think about the difference, two points has made. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But with that said, um, so I actually wildcarded this week to get my score up, and I brought in a few players that did come in for me: Lukaku, Richarlison, and Kolasinac being the main three. I also brought in Ramsey and Silva, who didn't do anything. Uh, and I stuck with Firmino, who, as we all know, Klopp relegated to the bench for this week and then did nothing when he came on. So did captain Harry Kane, though, so very happy with that. So 67, a fairly decent score. Alice, how'd you get on? I got 77. So I had a, I had a good week. And, and on paper, it didn't look very good. I was a bit worried about this week. But um, I kind of got points in unexpected places. I had a Fraser Forster who saved the penalty which oh, nice. is always 
you know, it's a rare, a rare thing. But when it actually happens, it's a pretty nice feeling. He is um, good for a penalty save. Last season, I benefited from him. Did you? Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I always seem to get one, one or one or two penalty saves a year. So this is probably me used up for the for the year now. And especially because I, I saw I saw Stoke had scored, so kind of just thought he was going to have two points. And then when I when I logged on and saw he had a penalty save, it was it was pretty nice. And then I had I had Jostelou as well, who I've had. Oh, yeah, yeah, she got a goal. <laughs> Who scored? You know, probably the greatest goal the Premier League's ever seen. I'm sure he tried um, to miss it though, in some way. I'm sure. I'm sure he wasn't going to hit the ball, yeah. and he just he just got kicked into his leg yeah, and, exactly. and went in. It was yeah, it was great. But yeah, I mean, eight points. You know, for a five point five strike, and and there's quite a few people you know dissing him because he's an absolutely terrible player. But if you look at his stats, his stats are up there with with some of the top strikers sort of in the game. So I'm I'm sticking with him for now, and um, I'm hoping for more points from him. Yes, I mean he certainly seems to be favoured by uh, by Benitez, who seems to, as every manager does, hates Dwight Gale when it comes to the Premier League. Yeah, but a decent score from you there. So um, let's just have a look at how things have been going in the uh, in the mini league. Uh, even more of you joining this week, much appreciated. We've actually seen a bit of a, a gap develop at the the top, and a few changes in the top ten. So I'll go through them. In tenth place, we've got the Freeman Warriors. Ninth place, we've got Twinge United. Eighth place, we've got... Oh, shut up, Iceman. That's Shoon's beard. <laughs> oh, wow. Brilliant. Good. <laughs> was that the same one that was the Iceman's piss last week? Um, I don't know. Let me just have a look. Uh, no, it's not the same guy. No, it's not Justin Dye. No, down to 30th, but <laughs> shut up, Iceman. Is... <laughs> Thank you, Shoon's beard. Yeah. Definitely, definitely aimed at you. Just, so... just to rub it in your face, I will not shut up. No, not at all. Yeah. So uh, you've just encouraged him to talk ongoing, which isn't really helping me either. So uh, thank you for that, Shoon's beard. <laughs> um, in seventh place, we've got Berbashov. Sixth place, Entropy. Fifth place, uh, lovely one here, Bitchy Matsui. Fourth place, Kasama Fox FC. Third place, Rukaku FC moving up. Draper's Fantasy Team Good moving team. into second. And top and now around 36 points clear, We've got Lalana Land, Demir Tanay, well done to you, still on the top. A quick shout out to uh, Red Eagle, who's Tiago Costa. He messaged us quite a lot on Twitter and he promotes us quite a lot. So, quick shout out to him. He's actually 12th at the moment, so he's doing well. Very strong indeed. I'm loving the, uh, I'm loving these names pointed towards you, Iceman. <laughs> very, very strong indeed. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Um, now, chaps, we've got an international break at the moment. So it'll be interesting to hear when you're making your selections, if any of the games are getting you thinking about players that you're looking at. And actually, there's some quite exciting fixtures I'm looking at this week. Potentially, there's going to be a lot of goals for the bigger sides. Let's see, though. Now, as, as our resident guest for the week, uh, we've got Liverpool versus Man United in two weeks time. So that's October the 14th. If you weren't aware of it, we've got the international break coming up. Liverpool take on United at Anfield, the 12.30 kick-off on the 14th of October, so the Saturday game. Um, how do you see this one going, As? Yeah, just to say I'm all too aware that it's the international break. My uh, life suddenly seems empty and meaningless. There's no, no football to look <laughs> forward to at the weekend. <laughs> that's, how, that's how exciting my life is at the moment. Liverpool United, yeah, it should be should be a good game, shouldn't it? You've got the unstoppable force against the immovable object, in theory, the Unstoppable force being Liverpool and the move logic being United's defence under Mourinho. So it could go either way. It could be a one nil United or it could be a you know, a two or three goal thriller if, if Liverpool can get an early goal. I think Liverpool tend to do quite well in these fixtures, but then again, 
Mourinho is good at parking the bus. So I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's, it's going to be an absolute crack of a game. And I'm hoping for goals and hoping Lukaku can carry on his scoring form. Yeah, I mean, certainly Lukaku is the man at the moment, isn't he? He seems to score every week. He's averaging at least a goal a game for United at the moment. He is a bit of a must-have, like Zlatan became early last season. Iceman, what do you think about this one? Well, with Lukaku, I think he's he still played bad in the last game again and uh, yeah. still manages to get a goal. He just managed to do it every single week. I mean, he missed a sitter as well. The thing is, he's paired up with Rashford at the moment. I do think that Rashford is becoming a, a better option. Practically scored a free kick when he assisted Fellaini and he assisted Mata for the first goal. He's the one which kind of I've, I've got my eye on thinking maybe he's going to come good. Lukaku, there was a, a hint of an injury news today, but I think that's been scrapped now. He went for a scan and I think he'll be fine. But it is Rashford I'm kind of looking at, thinking maybe he's one for, for the points. Um, even in this game against Liverpool, because Liverpool, they're, just, they're very ropey in defence, aren't they? They seem to have a theory of, uh, we'll just try and score more than you, don't they? Yeah, no, there's a player I'm just going to pick up uh, on there who you've just mentioned. And I think he's getting into people's thinking a little bit more with the news of Pogba being out for a bit longer. So, um, And you'll probably laugh at this, but... Hear me out. Fellaini is 4.9 million. He's got a 16-point game week, three goals already this season. And Mourinho seems to really favour him in that role that Pogba was playing before. Now, he became a bit of a laughingstock, Fellaini, but we mustn't forget this is a player who was a starter for Belgium at one point and was an absolute star for Everton when he was there. I mean, as do you see any any value as for Fellaini being a bit of an enabler in a way into the United midfield? I do, yeah, especially because there's there's no rumours around that Pogba's injury is worse than they kind of thought, and he could be actually be out for a few months. Yeah, and uh, his performance. I mean, I can't stand Fellaini. He's you know <laughs> in in terms of person, he's just one of the worst footballers out there. But you can't deny that he does do a job, and his job is to make himself put himself about and and get on the end of headers and crosses and, you know, cause the opposition some problems. And he's up against the Liverpool side, which just cannot deal with set pieces. And, yeah. I, and Mourinho is going to exploit sure. that. I have no doubt whatsoever. And he is going to be, he is going to be in, in the box of these crosses. And I, I can well see him, you know, getting some points in that game. Just to say, though, I, I don't think Rashford over Lukaku is a good idea. <laughs> I just think he's not, he's not nailed on. Like oh, I didn't say over him. I just kind of got my eye on him thinking maybe as a, as a third option. I like, I I, I'm not fancying moving Lukaku out at the moment. You've got to keep him just with that form and consistency. But the, the, the other argument is, is Man United haven't really played anyone good yet. Yeah, well, that's true. That is true. Yeah. And that is the issue, chaps. So we've got Liverpool next. They've then got a midweek fixture away at Huddersfield, but then they're home against Spurs, away at Chelsea. So three of the next four are really going to ask questions of United. Then they're kind of back to just very winnable fixtures again. Although, to be fair, a couple of weeks later, they do then play Arsenal or Man City, although I think they'll beat Arsenal. So this sort of run over October through to early sort of December is really going to, we're going to find out what this United team's about, aren't we? We are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, one one of my sort of things I said at the start of the season though was I'm I'm not going to remove players in form, and yeah. until United sort of slow down a bit because they're just steamrolling everyone at the moment, I, I, I'm I'm perfectly happy to stay with their players even even with this run. I think they can score against anyone. I think Mourinho can part the bus against anyone. So attack and defence, I still think they're they're decent picks. And, and just to support that, I suppose one of the big reasons why they've been so successful is the fact they, they keep keeping clean sheets, don't they? They just De Gea is looking a brilliant option 
yeah. in goal despite his price. He's almost worth the extra, you know, 0.5 million or million you'd pay for him over a cheaper keeper. And then the likes of Jones in defence just looks an absolute snip at 5.2 million he's worth now. He's been a real gem this season. Bill Jones at 5 million. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, and there's a question mark over his fitness, but I would have thought he'd be back in time for that fixture in two weeks. So you wouldn't you wouldn't think he'll be dropped at all, rested? But I mean, you didn't think that about Eric Bailly because he got rested in the last game. Yeah, he should come straight back into the team. Smolin, he didn't exactly play badly, so it could leave an option for Jones to be rested. You can't you can't exactly trust what Jose says either, can you say? I think the thing that I'm, I'm anchoring myself off with this is the Champions League, because he seems to be using, slightly disrespectfully, the Champions League to blood Lindelof. And Bailly has been the one that he's paired with Lindelof. Now, I just wonder if he's saving Jones for the Premiership for, just to keep his fitness up. Because Jones we all know, suspended, I think. With, um, Jones was suspended for the first couple. Oh, for the Champions League? Yeah. So that's, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's why, but... I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think he's going to switch from it. I think he's still going to play Lindelof and Smalling in the Champions League and, and keep Jones and Bailly for the Brent. It's, it's been working so far, so I don't know why he'd change it. Yeah, and I think if anything, Jose obviously he wants the Champions League, but I think he really wants to show that he's going to make a, a title yeah. charge this year. So I, I still think Jones is a good option, regardless of, of you know the, the rotation potential. Chaps, what about uh, Liverpool? Iceman, can you see anyone? I suppose disappointing draw for for Liverpool <laughs> over the weekend. Once again, they just can't shut things out at the back. Um, I thought it was interesting that he started with Daniel Sturridge, not least because I have Firmino, but because actually I think that front lineup of Liverpool just looked brilliant together at the moment. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, we had a question from uh, Jason Dye just saying, um, is it time to look at Coutinho as a serious option? And yeah, I definitely think it is. He seems to be a man for the stats when you look at them. They're always better than most other players, but he does literally shoot from anywhere. He doesn't take many shots inside the box. In fact, he didn't get any in the last game. But he is a man I am considering, just for the safe bet. I know he's not kind of playing as further forward as the likes of Salah and Mane, but he's always going to get a game with that quality and on set pieces. He is someone I'm considering over Salah, because I am I'm wildcarding at the moment. It's uh, something I need to kind of work out tonight, because I think he's rising tonight. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you. I think Coutinho, ever since he's come back into the side, the question was always going to be, is his heart going to be in it? Is he going to be you know, giving 100% for Liverpool. But we've seen the evidence is there since he's come back. He has looked fantastic, hasn't he? So I agree. I think Coutinho is a safe option for them moving forward, Liverpool, at the moment. What what are your thoughts, as on Liverpool? Yeah, I think it's between Coutinho and Salah. I think, obviously, Mane is fantastic, but he's a bit more expensive than the other two. Um, and hasn't really... He's, he's got a couple of goals, hasn't he? But he hasn't really been as as potent as he has been last year. I think that's because Salah's been kind of taking some of the um, some of the weight off his shoulders in terms of the attacking play. I mean, I just think they're both great because they're, they're two players who you genuinely love to watch play. Like Salah, just the amount of runs he makes and shots he has and, you know, he looks so dangerous every time he gets the ball. And then you look at Coutinho, who's, like you say, is on all the set pieces, corners, free kicks, like, and he's just so central to everything they do. And they're a team that scores goals. So, you know, to me... Even going with both of them, you know, could could yield rewards, even with even though their next couple of fixtures aren't aren't the best. Yeah, so you know the, the run of games, but then Liverpool tend to spring a result every now and again, don't they? And they do have a good record against United as well, so fairly decent record. 
So I think we can say there's a fair sort of fair few options in this particular fixture that we can think about. We'll summarise those a little bit later. But as a quick notice, just just on Firmino, really, he got benched after looking tired for a few games and Sturridge played, but he didn't impress at all in the 17 goal attempts they actually had against Newcastle. So I, I do feel like Firmino will probably come straight back in. But yeah, he, he's kind of fallen away a little bit, Firmino. What do you reckon that is on him? Yeah, I, I never really bought into him as much as a lot of other people seem to. I do, I do rate him, but I think there's this is the first year when we've had a lot of good striking options. And I know we've got a couple of injuries now to Morata and Aguero and people like that, but really, I, I kind of see it whereby eight point five nine is a, is a funny price for a striker because I think you either want to find the extra million and go for one of these, you know, really top strikers who are capable of getting hat tricks like. Morata and Jesus and people like that, or you just go budget and then and then strengthen sort of the rest of your team. So I don't really see any value. Well, I mean there is potential for it, but I, to me, going for a seven million to sort of nine million striker isn't the best use of funds. And I think Coutinho and Salah are just far better options than him when you look at their stats and and the way they play. Yeah, I think I fully agree with that one. Yeah, so I think we've. Um, I think there's definitely value in that Liverpool front four but it's about picking wisely as far as they go let's move on to Burnley versus West Ham so Burnley good start to the season like the look of them as they're moving along still not full of goals but at the same time I think they'll be okay great result against Everton over the weekend taking on a West Ham side that continue to look very very good on paper snatching a 1-0 win against Swansea over the weekend Iceman how do you see this one panning out well, Burnley, they seem to be playing really well in defence, don't they? They're just a defensively solid team. And then Dash has just gotten well drilled. And I think the the player which has really kind of made a difference with uh, Keane leaving is Tarkovsky. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, Tarkovsky, maybe. He seems to have made a difference in their back four. And because of that, they are keeping those clean sheets now, I think, and having Heaton out hasn't made much of a difference, and I do think that it is their defence that you're going to be looking at the most. Brady is normally the option that you would look for attacking-wise, and he did play quite well. He was involved in the uh, the goal they scored at the weekend, but you just wouldn't put any um, Burnley players in your team for attacking responsibilities at all. But it's Ward who I've got in my team at the moment. He's the one who seems to be up on the bonus points, quite attacking, got an assist in the last game. He's the one which I feel like has got good value to him. He's at uh, 4.6 now. He's the one which I'll be rotating through my team. So like the look of Ward, I mean, I've had some really good uh, results with me. He seems to be a fairly staple player in that Burnley, Burnley back line. Yeah, he was um, the one which people were looking at to start with, but I, I think that's just because of his uh, heading attacking threat from corners, and yeah. he hasn't got any yeah. yet, so uh, he's not going to get many throughout the season. He's, he's more up on the BPS as well, Tarkovsky. Um, he seems to be you know, sort of more likely to get bonus points as well when they keep a clean sheet. Yeah, he got the plaudits on match of the day again. Defensively perfect, said Danny Murphy. Mm. Yeah, he, I mean, he does look a good player, doesn't he? Just doing his job. It's, um, I'd say though, in terms of uh, Burnley moving forward, I mean, Wood, I was sort of interested in a few weeks ago. They're still not sort of tearing up any trees going forward. And as, is there anyone else you would add about in regards to Burnley? It's a funny team, Burnley, aren't they? Because I, I kind of looked at their transfer business over the summer and I just thought, they're just going to struggle this year. Like, they've, they got all of their points at home last year. They, I think they got, what, I don't think they won a game away from home last year. Did they, or did they right at the end or something, one game? Um, 
Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then this year they've beaten Chelsea, they've drawn with Tottenham, they've drawn with Liverpool and they've beaten Everton. And all four of those games are away. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you do with that? They're, they're a completely different side. Like, they seem to be a completely different side to how they were last year, except for the fact that they're still keeping those clean sheets. So to me, you know, getting in Tarkovsky, or however you say it, or, or a ward, or even Pope, uh, you know, the goalkeeper with Heaton out, does seem like quite a good bet. Because they're getting surprising results against big teams. And, you know, you, they've had a rough set of, of, of games so far. And against some lower opposition, they could they could really clean up. Yeah, so if, they, so if we look at the likes of Pope and Goal, I mean, he seems like a good sort of cheap price option, doesn't he, for them? Yeah, I mean, he's it depends how long Heaton's out for. But I think in the short term, if you're looking for a, a keeper to kind of go with Elliot, uh, I think Pope's as good as any. It's save points and potential clean sheets. You know, it's, it's a good mix. So, I mean, what about in terms of um, West Ham then? As did you see anybody of value for them? An Andy Carroll or um, any of their other attacking players? Yeah, I, I don't like West Ham. They they just it's just something about them I just don't like. Uh, <laughs> you look at you look at their team and they should be doing well. But like, they've got some good quality players in that team. Joe Hart in goal. They've got Arnautovic. They've got Chicharito. They've got Carroll, and he's playing Chicharito sort of wide left to to accommodate Andy Carroll, and Arnautovic just looks completely lost uh, and then you know they, they, they're grinding out kind of results and then but you know getting getting completely outplayed in in a lot of these games and i think that because they've got quite a good run as well haven't they the, the only the only player who i was who i was considering in their team was creswell because i'm all about the wing backs and you know he's he puts in kind of the most crosses of any defender uh, in the league so i thought you know that could be potentially quite good and then he didn't play wing back no he game. played in yeah. the back four didn't he, the <laughs> he in the back four, so <laughs> makes him a little less attractive yeah, so I think that's that's kind of killed him off, especially as they won as well. So he, he might he'll probably stick with that now. Yeah, I, I, I it's Cres- Creswell and and Carroll, but realistically, if you're getting in Carroll, he's going to get cropped in a few weeks. So it's a pretty short term. <laughs> Nice man, anyone to add on, on West Ham you think it might be of some value? Uh, yeah, the stats were for Carroll, but he's still not uh, providing the points. So, yeah, not really anyone attacking. It's more, I would have gone Cresswell if he was nailed on for that wing-back position, but moving to a back four is just, yeah, I don't think so now. But it, it, you never know, Billich might change it back to the wing-back formation, but it's more of a wait and see. It's just, it, it'll be now, if you wanted any West Ham players, would be the time to get them and I just don't think they're settled as a formation yet I agree yeah so you still think they're still sort of bedding in at the moment mm, yeah I think until they sort out their kind of until they they make you know their new stadium a bit more of a fortress they just they just don't look comfortable there still and it's been you know a year and a bit now and um, I just I just don't trust them against anyone I think they could go up against anyone and get hammered well speaking of getting hammered I think that takes us nicely on to our next game which is uh what a horrible run Palace have had in terms of games. So they are home against the Chelsea side that I think were, were beaten quite comprehensively by uh, City. Okay, great strike from KDB over the weekend. In terms of uh, Chelsea, you know, I, I only see them winning this particular fixture. Bad news about Morata, though. As how do you think that's going to affect them going forward? Yeah, I mean, there's there's rumours that he's going to be all right, but. I got. I just. I don't know. I. I, I think he. I think it's kind of worse than because because Conte kind of played it down and said you know it doesn't look like it's that serious and then he's gone and had these scans and then they've said it's a grade two hamstring tear and then he's tweeting saying you know he's hoping to be okay but I mean the only real concrete stuff we have there is the fact that he has got a grade two 
hamstring tear, which is going to keep him out for a few weeks. And, you know, he's not going, he's not going to train for the next couple of weeks. And, you know, Batshuayi has, has been sort of staking a, a claim to start with his with his last-minute winner against Atletico. So I, I can see him starting that game. And I, I think he could be a decent punt if you're looking for a one-week a one week punt. But, it you know, he... Morata is so important to that Chelsea team, and the thing is, though, that you, you don't need anyone important. They're against Palace. They're going to absolutely crush him, whoever, whoever they play. They are, they are by a long way the worst team in the league, and they just don't look like they know what they're doing, and they don't look like they particularly care. If you look at the effort they're putting in to, to these games against these top sides, you know it's, it's pathetic. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're just hopeless. And I think whoever Chelsea put out, they're just, they're just going to destroy them. <laughs> yeah, I fully agree with that. We did have a, a question from FPL Addict just saying Batshuayi 8.1 as a replacement for Morata. I suppose that depends if you've got your wild card in your pocket as well. Um, I mean, like he, he didn't sub him on in the Man City game. He actually pushed Hazard up front instead. So I don't know if that gives confidence to uh, Mitchie himself. So who knows, he may have, he may have been affected by that. Can't understand. Could you? I was watching that game. I just couldn't believe he did that. <laughs> it just seems. It just seems such a negative move. That just it just sent out the wrong message to all the players. And you know, after his goal against the Benfica, he was the guy. In, you know, with so much confidence. Yeah. I just can't believe he didn't. He it, didn't it was like a like for like replacement as well. I yeah. didn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one then. But we're saying about Shuai. I mean. I think Chelsea defence is a fairly safe bet in this one as well. Is there anyone from Palace we can shout there, chaps, Iceman? Anyone that you're, you're looking at? Oh God, well they've still got the players that you want that uh, are injured at the moment. Zaha and Loftus Cheek are the the two which I'd even think about. And Benteke is still out. They've got Sacco playing up front, four point nine. You never know, they might score. I doubt it against Chelsea, though. I mean, it's uh, Aspler playing that right wing-back role. He yeah. uh, he did all right again. Uh, he's just quite expensive for me at 6.6, I think he is. I, w- I would invest in Chelsea, to be honest. Like If you look at their fixtures, they are golden. You've got Crystal Palace up next, which they should win. Then they've got Watford at home. Then they've got Bournemouth. So three really good fixtures. And as a wild carder myself, I am looking to get at least like one of these players in. And I am thinking about Hazard. I know it might be a bit too soon for him, but I think that he might be a good shout for these games. He might punish the weaker teams. He'd be the f- if I was to wild card this week, he'd be the first name in my, in my wild card team, um, especially with Morata out because he's he is now the complete. They're going to rely on him so much to to deliver. And he has got he has got the fixtures to to punish this team. I mean, Crystal Palace conceded seventeen goals and scored none in seven games. Yeah, I can I, I can there's net. I mean, apart from Derby, you know when you know when they were just just as bad. You know, there's no worse team, and they've got a good side. It's it's absolutely ridiculous how how much they're struggling. Yeah, I think Hazard Hazard's a fantastic pick. The, the only thing was putting in Hazard, you're going to have to remove one of your other midfielders for the likes of... Uh, I definitely want a City player in my wild card. I'm going to have to remove probably a Liverpool player, like for, the, for example, Salah. Uh, because if I'm going to have the, the three up top, which, again, I do want. I do want the three big hitters in probably Jesus, Kane and Lukaku. I'm going to have to go without either Salah, maybe a City midfielder. And then it's going to shortchange me elsewhere. It's difficult to fit the likes of Hazard in. Him, but it's depending on it is a risk if you're going to bring him in because he's not yet proven this season that he's ready but yeah he's got history and he's got the capabilities of doing it so that is tempting for me to to keep him I mean like what what do you reckon Billy what's your thoughts 
Yeah, I think he's looked good when he's played so far. Obviously, not so much against City, but I think if you're wildcarding, he's 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 one of those ones, isn't he? Because the streaks that he goes on, I think if you get him in now and he has a couple of good game weeks, and you're bound to make a fair profit on him. So, although at the same time, at the cost, I'm not going to jump on him just this week for the sake of it. I think it's difficult. I think if you're wildcarding, I'd be very tempted to to make him part of that. If if you're trying to catch up with people, I think people who are further ahead won't necessarily be taking the risks just yet. But he, he could be a bit of a game changer if he further. Behind. Yeah. I think that is, that is the issue is you, is you are looking at dropping someone like Lukaku or Salah or someone like that to, to kind of accommodate him for the price particularly if you're going heavy three up the top which, which again I'm not I'm not too sure about with everyone doing it. I think maybe you might be missing out on, on someone like Hazard. I mean with, with his games and his ownership I think he could he could really push you up the ranks. Yeah absolutely. So we'll it's one to be seen, I think, in terms of Eden Hazard. But if you fancy a punt, could be an option. But it's going to take some shuffling if you do do that. Man City at home against Stoke. Again, this looks like it's going to have goals galore in it. Kevin De Bruyne looked absolutely awesome against Chelsea. Absolutely great finish from him. Uh, of course, we have the sad news about Aguero. Now, I'm not sure if any of you have heard about when he's going to be back. But I would still say that Jesus is probably the safer bet in this game. Yeah, um, on that, just on, on Twitter, I saw a doctor just put in Aguero is going to be out for a month and a half minimum. He is unable to get out of the house or the car. So that pretty much tells you he's going to be out for a while and uh, it is going to be Jesus who they're going to look to. It's quite a statement, isn't it? He can't even get out of the car, says a lot. Hmm. Yeah, I think Jesus is probably the fair option here. I mean, Silva still looks, you know, pulls the strings in that midfield film, and I think there's still points to be gained from him if you want a cheaper option than KDB. I'd like to hear as your views on Sane and Sterling, some really good early season performances. What do you think of them? Yeah, I think the the Aguero injury helps them both because uh, they're probably not going to play, you know, they don't need to play the system where uh, Aguero and Jesus both play up front with the wing-backs. So, you know, Sane won't be playing at wing-back and, and Sterling will probably play. And, and it, you know, apart from the Chelsea game, it's, it seems to be working. Sterling's look quite sharp. Sane's look good. I'm not actually sold on Jesus. I think the problem with Aguero getting injured is I think Jesus's minutes are going to be even more managed because he can't afford to lose Jesus as well. So if they... They've got three quite easy games coming up. If they get one or two goals against Stoke and he's not involved, he's coming off at 60 minutes. He could, they, he could be doing that you know, every game. I, I just don't trust Pep to, to be kind to us managers. I think he's going to rotate his players a lot. And I think Jesus is, is going to be the one who I think he rotates the most because he can't afford to lose his striker with these important Champions League games coming up. If I had to pick one out of Sané and Sterling, I'd go for Sané. I do think Sterling's a good pick. I just There's something about Sané which I like. His stats aren't as good as Sterling. He doesn't take as many shots. He's got a better assist potential. But he, look, he just looks a more dynamic option the runs he makes he, he's a very clever player and Pep bought him paid a lot of money for him and I think he's he's been showing some good form and I think he's he's a bit more nailed on in the team over Sterling long term yeah, you say that he's only started three uh, whereas Sterling has started five I think now so I think Sterling started more games He's a little bit cheaper as well. As as you mentioned, he's got better stats in terms of shooting. And I'd probably put more faith in him in terms of scoring at the moment because he, he seems to be just in the box getting those tap-ins. I'm, I'm not sure. Probably Sane can score a better goal than him. But with this City, they just look phenomenal at the moment. Uh, I do think KDB makes a difference. He's playing a bit further forward because City were playing four at the back, I believe. And 
Silva, he's the captain, he looks hungry. I do think Jesus will get the goals because he is playing as that front man, central striker in this team that is attacking so well. I can see a lot from him. Maybe he's going to get pulled off at 60 minutes every so often, uh, but if they're really pushing for goals, I think that he'll remain. He was taken off before when Aguero was playing as well at 60 minutes, so you don't know, he might just uh, switch off of it and then and play him a bit more. But as I mentioned, they do look one of the best teams in the Premier League. And they've only actually conceded one goal in September. So it is their defence I'm I'm looking at as well. Not only the attack. I am thinking about tripling up on them with my wild card. I've got Stones at the moment at 5.6. But he is the one which might be threatened for his time on the pitch. Because company's coming back. He'll probably be ready after the international break. So be mindful of that, that... If you're bringing in the likes of their defence, Otamendi Stones, that it could be pushed out by company eventually. So it's kind of making me think more about that, whether to go Otamendi over Stones. Well, that's, that's a good, it's a good point. Yeah. I, I kind of forgot about company because he's, he's so in and out of the team. But I mean, he is, he's definitely going to play, isn't he, when, he, when he's fit. And it's, it's just who does he house out of Stones and Otamendi? Because I mm. think... I mean, they could, they could potentially go back to the wing back. They so. could, yeah, they could go back to three at the back. But they did play four against Chelsea. Maybe Pep's changing it a bit, a bit against the bigger teams. Yeah, and especially with the injuries to Mendy and, and Aguero, is is a bit less sort of. He doesn't need to play the wing backs so much this time. He can kind of shift things around. I mean, they've got so many options, haven't they? You look at their bench; it's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they, yeah. you know, it's so. I think you just have to pick a player. If you're going for an attacking player, you just pick one and just stick with them. And if they get benched one week, you don't panic and them out. You just keep them and, you know, eventually they'll come on and just score your back of goals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we've got a question from Hogsrug here. He's just saying Sane, Silver or Sterling. Out of the three, you're choosing Sane, are you? Uh, I don't know. I think Sil- Silver's the safe, the safe pick. He's, yeah. He looks, his, his place is the most secure. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he, you know, he's delivering. But I think if you're chasing and you're looking for an explosive pick, Sane or Sterling, you know, a better. And I think, like you say, Sterling, you know, stats-wise, is, is the player to go for. I just think there was something about Sané this year. I think he's really, really up for impressing Pep. Uh, and I think, I don't know, I, I can just I can just see goals coming for him in the next couple of games. And Bully, who would you go out of the three? Uh, just, I've gone Silver purely because I think he's nailed on to start, whereas the other two will flit in and out. But yeah, Sil- Silver's going to be my shout on that. Okay, cool. We also had another question from Richard Stockton just saying, is Gundogan a viable option at 5.4? Will he get the game time? When he's fit, I think he will be. When he's fit and he's back in the side, I think yeah. very quickly you'll see him play. Last season he was awesome, but it, just again, just that injury record is dreadful. He's got to get match fit, isn't he? I mean, it's the likes of Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, you know, Torre's fit still. These are all players which can be rotated. Delft's playing, Fernandinho. There's so many in that midfield. I wouldn't risk the uh, 5.4, really. About, I think it's about two months too soon to be considering Gundogan. He, he needs a run of games and yeah. he needs... He needs to show something before you can you can get him in. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather have Delph at the moment. Yeah, it, it, it's frightening for City the fact that they've got the likes of Gundogan, who's just the complete midfielder, but he's you know he's just always crocked. But it's frightening to think they don't even need him at the moment. Yeah. Right, chaps, let's uh, let's move on. Then I'm, I'm not hearing anything from Stoke. Just a quick one on maybe Vimmer at 4.4 bench option for this week, but they've got some promising fixtures after that. I've considered him. He, he rotates really nicely with a Burnley defender. Yeah, as well. You get some, you get some glorious games. Yeah, after this, uh, after this fixture, they've got a Garden of Green. Him and Ch- 
him and Chuba Motang played more or less up front wider on the left in the last game, but he's still a good option. Uh, and I've, yep. uh, I've currently got him in my wild card team. Yep. Good pick. Okay, chaps. Well, let's move on. And it is Tottenham next playing against Bournemouth. Now, Tottenham, the man at the moment is Harry Kane. So I'll let you two speak about him. But the one I'm actually quite interested in are the fullbacks at the moment. I mean, Trippier is still only 5.4 million. I think Davis. Is uh, is the safer option at five point nine? I mean, the fact is that that price shows you how much he's risen already this season, averaging an eight point two points per game haul at the moment. So tough schedule for Spurs coming up because they do have that Champions League time of Real Madrid. But I think at the moment a uh, five point nine on Davis is a good shout. Iceman, did, did you have him or were you looking at him? Yeah, Davis is still in my team. I've got that sixteen points he scored last week. You must be really enjoying that. Yeah, I'm hanging on to him. He's getting nowhere. <laughs> he's he's more. Or less like the a cheaper Alonso in my eyes yeah. gets forward scores goals can provide assists playing in a good team which are more attackive than Chelsea who knows he might maybe a better option uh, I say that and Alonso will score two next week but um he's so good I think for his value he's one of the best FPL defenders out there yeah I mean as the self-proclaimed king of the wingbacks he is a uh, you know Alonso is still the king but Davies is his uh sort of prodigy I think I mean he's, he's just the perfect the perfect player to own isn't he he's on corners free kicks he's playing as a winger completely out of position and he's getting into the box like he's, he's just there isn't he he's, he's making he's getting assists and he's got I mean it's finish against decent yeah. They play last. yeah I mean I got, yeah I mean it was it was a striker's finish wasn't it it was so calm and composed and yeah. he, he's a he's a great he's a great player yeah so I'm I'm very happy to have him yeah I think he, uh, the only problem I guess is, is Wembley <laughs> is can they actually start start winning at Wembley because they're just struggling so much there aren't they yeah it's, it's interesting the Wembley effect isn't it I mean obviously four goals on the road against Huddersfield you'd think they could score anywhere but which one of you wants to talk about Harry Kane then as as you're our guest you can you can say a few words on him uh, so, well I, I didn't captain him so <laughs> I'm a bit annoyed with him no it's not his fault uh, yeah, I mean, he's. What can you say about him? Everyone knows. He, you know, if you if you're going to pick one player to have in your team, you know, I, I said Hazard would be my number one pick on the World Cup, but that's not true. It's, it's, it's old Harry, isn't it? Because he is he is the perfect fantasy football player. He can score against anyone. He's key part of the most exciting. Well, them and City, most exa- exciting attacking teams in the league. You know, he's on penalties. He's he's not a threat of rotation like all the City players are. He's scoring braces for fun. It's just you know you could go on and on about him. Everything is is geared up for him to score goals, and he does. He's brilliant. I'm just, I'm just rewatching his goals from the weekend actually as we speak, and the first one he took so well. I mean, as one on one, it's like he doesn't even think about it. It just seems but so easy one, for him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just two fitted. He, he can score with his head. He's just the complete striker. He's like the. Uh, he is our, our era's sort of Alan Shearer, I think, definitely. Yeah, you, um, you need him in your team if you haven't got him. I think after seven goals in eight days, I think he got, and 13 goals in September. So it's great form, scoring goals. He's a selfish player, playing in a good team, who are confident. He's the main man, ticks all the boxes, really, doesn't he? I mean, Iceman, what about, we always sort of usually speak about Ericsson and uh, Ali in the same breath as, uh, as Kane, but maybe not so much at the moment? What's going on there? Uh, no, I still think they're good options. Uh, I mean, I'm, I had to get rid of Ericsson to get a City midfielder just because I can see more goals in the fixtures which they've got. But if uh, Spurs still had the great fixtures and he was a little 
bit less priced. I would probably keep Ericsson if I could hang on to him. I mean, like they've got Bournemouth next, and it is at home, which is probably a negative for Tottenham. But yeah, I can still see some points from either one of Ali and Ericsson. Ali, even though he did that ridiculous dive, he still got forward quite a bit and had a few chances, so he could have got a few goals himself. But yeah, either one of those two, if if you've managed to get them in your team and you're not on wild card, I would probably keep them for now. Nice. Has any thoughts on that? Well, I'm thinking of getting rid of Ali this week. I have not been too impressed with him all season. I got him in because he had the ban in the Champions League, and I thought that would sort of give him more game time. You know, he doesn't need to be taken off at all because he because he can't play in the week, and that's been true. He's he's played 90 minutes every week except for the first week. But his points, I mean, eight two nine three three eight two, a nine point five million midfielder getting those points, a four nil win at Huddersfield, and he doesn't get anything. It, it, it's frustrating and there's a lot of good you know midfielders around the kind of nine ten million mark uh, and I could switch him for Hazard or I could switch him for De Bruyne or I could get in Sané and put my money where my mouth is the trouble is they've got Bournemouth next and I think they could shake off this Wembley hoodoo and, and give them a spanking so yeah, I'm probably going to keep him but if I was on a wild card I, I might not er- Ericsson I think is a bit different I think Ericsson is, is, a, is a better option than Ali this year I think he's, he's got more more about him he's got the set pieces he, he just looks a bit livelier having him Kane and Davis I think will, will get you quite a lot of points no matter who they, who they play Okay. Anyone to add from Bournemouth then chaps? I think just the one I, I want to keep my eye on is Stanislas, 5.9. He played in the last game. There we go, the Cousins back. He seems to be back. He's played two now. He's always creating and shooting. Not quite yet, though. Maybe for game week 11 onwards. So a few few game weeks for him. But yeah, kind of keep my eye on him now. What about you, As do, do you like anyone from Bournemouth, like a Josh King or a Defoe? Any value, do you think? Not really. I mean, again, you've got you've got the you've got Daniels who uh, is four point nine now with a you know a fairly decent run to come. If they carry on the wing back sort of policy, then he, he could he could do sort of all right in it. But I mean, they're just, just looking at their team now. It's pretty disappointing, isn't it? King as the forward, you don't really want him. Defoe sort of isn't really playing, isn't really scoring. He's probably a bit past it now. And you look at their defence. I mean, Sermon, Ive, Arter, Frazier, Gosling, Pugh, Lewis, Cook. Nah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want any of them. And yeah, I mean Stanislas, he he's done well for me in the past, but I think five point nine is a bit too much for him when you've got Richarlison and Super Moting at around the same price. So nah, I I, I thought I'm disappointed with Bournemouth as well. I thought I thought they'd do quite well this season, and they they don't look very good at all. So I, I'd probably stick there. Just before we move on, we did have a question from FPL Doctor just based on this one. Wingbacks, is it too late to jump on the Davis train now that the fixtures fixtures are turning? Uh, so what do you reckon that? Uh, at 5.8, I still reckon that he's still one of the best players to have and I don't think it's too late. I'd, I'd pay £7 million for him. <laughs> Bully. <laughs> Davis is actually 5.9 now, but I agree he's completely worth having. Yeah. I, th- I think you've got to have him. I think I think you, you know, there's no defender who is going to outscore him, no matter who they play. He, he's, he's the one defender you want. I would definitely get him in. All right, chaps. Well, let's move on from uh, from Spurs, Bournemouth, Swansea versus Huddersfield. Now, Huddersfield taking an absolute spanking from Spurs over the weekend. I don't think that's a, a fair reflection of their season. But um, up against the Swansea side, they failed to score against West Ham. I don't have high hopes for this as an exciting fixture. Huddersfield looking like they're going to find goals harder to come by than keeping clean sheets this season. As if I come to you first on this one, what, what do you think of this fixture? Uh, it's, it's quite an interesting picture because 
you've got to think both of these teams are going to be sort of fighting relegation this year and they're, they're both going to kind of want to win it. I actually thought Huddersfield played really well in the first kind of 20 minutes against Spurs before they conceded the goal. You know, they looked sharp, they looked dangerous, they, they, could, have, they could have scored quite easily and then they just got... They made, I think their defender made one mistake, missed the ball and Kane went through and then, you know, placed that finish right into the corner, which, and it just completely took the wind out of their sails. And, you know, and after that, they just kind of collapsed. I think they're probably going to beat Swansea. I haven't, I haven't been very impressed with, with Swansea this year, which is a shame because I like Clement and I, and I like Swansea as a club. I just think the losses of Lorente and Sigurdsson has hit them hard and they, Boney, you know, he was a bit of a risk, I think, getting him in because he, he hasn't, he had that loan, loan at Stoke, didn't he? And, you know, didn't didn't even make the squad or something. I think Pulis, um, Pulis, whoever whoever it was, uh, Stoke just um, Hughes just didn't didn't like him for some reason. So that kind of tells you something. And Abraham looks decent, but they're just not clicking, are they? They're just not scoring many. And in defence, they're conceding goals to teams like West Ham. And yeah, it's only I'm, one I'm, though. They, I mean, like Norton was on for three bonus before that goal, and they did score it quite late. I I do think they've got some clean sheets in them, and I think. Fabianski might be the way to go. He's a, actually quite a good rotation with Elliot, also cheap at 4.5. I think they've got some potential to keep these teams out. They did. They kept Tottenham out, didn't they, away to they them. Did. So, yeah. I think Fabianski's made the most saves of any keeper in the league. So you know, even if they do concede, just you, you know, you, you can still get some save points from him, which is always, which is yeah. always good. Yeah, there's potential there. Yeah. So there's nobody, by the sounds of it, either of these teams. There's players that we kind of we like, but just for this game week, don't seem like ones we want to invest in at this point. Yeah, just just news on Boney. Uh, I think he's suffered an injury, but I think Swansea have confirmed that Boney hasn't got an injury now. He's actually gone away for international duty. But it seems like Ayu, Boney and Abraham seem to be um, all starting at once now. So uh, all cheap options if, if you're looking for players. I can also, uh, I can also confirm that Boney still doesn't know where the goal is. After <laughs> <some> <laughs> it's essentially quite an exciting forward line. Because mm. you've got yeah. Abraham and, and Ayu who are really quick and, and Boney who's you know a real presence and... And has scored goals, you know, loads of goals before, but it's just something not quite. And they've got Renato Sanchez, who should be tipped as one of being one of the, you know, the next sort of best big thing. And he's just, his career is just completely stalled. So it'll be interesting to see how they develop over the season. But I think it's a bit early to invest in them at the moment. Yeah, so when, when you watch Swansea play, um, have, I mean, I've only seen, I've watched one live game and a few on match of the day when they've reviewed Sanchez, but it just seems like. He's a sort of quite a dynamic player that likes to win the ball, pass, move, make a run with it. And where they play with those three up top, but the the two playing wider, Ayu and Abraham, they seem to have to trap back to cover the midfield where they're just not strong there, Swansea. And Sanchez just, you can see, he gets the ball at his feet and he's just got nothing, to, nobody to give it to. It's not like when he's playing for Portugal where he's got silver up front or Ronaldo as an outlet or another sort of silver. You're right, you've got... Tom Carroll instead of uh, <laughs> someone at Bayern that you're probably thinking, oh, what have I done? Yeah, so you've gone from someone like Jabby Alonso or Thiago, who are like two of the best passers in world football, to Tom Carroll's a good player, but it's not quite the same stature, is it, of a uh, player to pass to. So. What, what a letdown he's been, by the way. 4.5, just Tom Carroll doing nothing, not even... Yeah, he's, not yeah, he's sat nice on my bench a week in, week out doing nothing, so... Yeah. This is depressing me. Can we move on to Watford Arsenal, lads? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Right, OK. So I have been actually really excited by Watford's attacking play this season. I committed to Richarlison this week and he came up with the goods getting 10 points. He's got them playing well, Silver. And I think uh, I think they're going to do all right this season, Watford. I reckon it's going to be their best finish yet this season. 
Arsenal, of course, picking up a victory as well over the weekend. So I spent, being a lover of all things Gunners, how do you see this one going? Well, Arsenal, another clean sheet. It's amazing how they keep doing it at the moment with Mustafi playing at the back. Um, I think Koscielny had a back problem. He should be back for this game to probably make him stronger. Uh, Richarlison is the one which I've got my eye on, not for this game particularly, but I do want him in my team. It's just kind of thinking they've got some tough two tough fixtures coming up in Arsenal and then they've got Chelsea next so two really tough fixtures to to bring him in now after that Richarlison is kind of the probably the man to have because they they've got Stoke Everton not playing well West Ham you can always score goals against and then Newcastle so yeah for me I I do want him in my team but just not quite yet because I don't think they're going to get much against Arsenal. I know they're playing them at home. It's Tactically, just... can I just can I just throw something in there just to help people just with a bit of critical thinking around this? Mm. So at the weekend, obviously you've got Bellerin, who's a very attacking fullback, in front of I think it was Holding, and Holding struggled a little bit for pace over the weekend. Now Richarlison is pretty good in the air, and he's also got a bit of pace about him. So if there was a pitch part of the pitch or an area where he could exploit. It's definitely that left-wing position against Arsenal. So that doesn't mean to say he's nailed on to score, but I definitely think he, he he's going to be a good match-up against those two. It could be, but I think that Koscielny might be back by then and he's a lot quicker, so it's um, probably going to hold him out there. I, who knows, they, they could get a goal against Arsenal. Anyone can on their day. I just don't think it's going to happen in this particular game. Mm. I think I think it's some really good points there. I think uh, Richarlison, to me, is the pick of the six million midfielder bracket. I think if you've got him, you keep him, even with these two games coming up. If you don't have him, you don't get him yet and you wait a few weeks. He could score against Arsenal. They they kept a couple of clean sheets. They've looked a bit suspect at times though. And and I think, you know, he he's the kind of player who can cause them problems. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him score uh, in this game. There's no other players of Watford I'd I'd kind of go for. Not the um, Corey. The Corey got no nah, goal. Nah, he's he's a defensive mid though, isn't he? Mm. mm. It's it's like getting in Matic, who you know might get an assist one week or something. It's, he's not he's not going to be a he might. It's a bit like Kapu as well last year, isn't it? Yeah, like, he's, not a, he's got he's three not goals. So far. Yeah, I know. And he's you see loads of players, loads of people getting him in. I just think those goals are going to dry up. He, he's he's yeah. not he's not that kind of player. And yeah, and Richarlison, you know, he's he's playing out of position up front. So he to me, it's, it's worth the money to, to go for him instead. I've I've actually gone for Monreal now, not because he scored his goal, which he his first one in like eighteen years, but it's just because he was a lot cheaper. And I do think that Arsenal, with some good fixtures coming up in Watford, Everton, and Swansea, they will keep at least two clean sheets out of those three. So I'm hoping for returns there. But if if I had the money to go back to Bellerin, probably would go him again. It's probably a bit of a coin toss between him and Klasnach, but the stats were with Bellerin. That's why I went with him last week, and he got me a nice eleven points yeah fun fact about Monreal he scored eight goals in his whole career so he's uh, he's no he's no uh, friend to goal scoring but he pops up every now and again but I, to, more seriously Jim in terms of your point I think Wenger really likes Monreal he trusts him yeah and I think if Kalazanac was out he'd probably play him at wing back and if a defender's out at, or uh, I think he's, he's one of the nailed on three to start with Mustafi and Koscielny now 
Yeah, just another quick one on Lacazette. He's he got a few chances, hit the post, great strike. He's got kind of everything to his game, if you ask me, and I think that he's got a lot of potential to do well. It's just that he needs to start proving it before I actually bring him in. I just think the team's more kind of adapting to Lacazette's movement because his movement is excellent, and he seems to be asking for the ball quite a lot and just not getting it at times. I think that the team needs to kind of adjust to the way he plays and then maybe change things up a little bit, maybe play that long ball a little bit off more often and maybe Xhaka can start getting some assists through to him like free balls etc so the one, the one other point I want to raise with Arsenal chaps is there was news I've heard this week that it looks like Ozil is going to go in January now with that in mind does that because that's going to free up another 10 position with Welbeck out Sanchez seems to be trusted there now does that free up um, or make a case for the likes of Iwobi, who's still cheap, but Wenger, I think, favours in that position over Walcott. And at this point, Jack Wilshere, do you think there's going to be any mileage on him in the next month or so? Yeah, uh, I think you've got to be careful with these rumours, because I don't know who makes them up half the time. I think Arsenal are a better team without Ozil. I, th- I think he- he's a classy player. But, well, Arsenal, you, you know Arsenal better than me. Uh, but I, from from watching them, you know, the last couple of games where they haven't had Ozil, they, they just seem to have more about them. They're, yeah, they're just, I think you're right. And, and I, I think it, it suits the, the players they've got not having someone like Ozil in the team because he, he, he can look like he's not trying at times. And when you've got a player like Sanchez and, and Iwobi, and, you know, they, they really go for it. And I, Iwobi, I like. I, how much is he? Is he got what, about 6 five, million? 5.1. Five I think one. He's a decent pick, isn't he? He is. It's just starting time, isn't it? I mean, it was like that pre-season. He started quite a few games and was actually playing really well and then didn't start at all. Some people actually brought him in their team and then realised that he's not even in the team going forward. So it is a risky one. I think that when Ozil is fit, he plays. Wenger just seems to play him no matter what. He's one of these big buys who he always seems to trust, even though that playing a Wobi might actually be the better option. That's awesome, Wenger. Yeah, I mean, Wobie's minutes over the last... He's got 79 minutes against Chelsea, didn't play against West Brom, and then he uh, he obviously played in the last one against Brighton for 70 minutes. So um, It's too risky, really, isn't it? It is risky. I I just think keep your eye on that number 10 role because there's... Again, Walcott scores pretty much every time he plays in the Europa League and the League Cup, and then you've got the... uh, it's only a matter of only a couple more, I think, decent performances before Jack Wilshire starts to get mentioned in that bracket as well. So uh, I just think it's something just to bear in mind, but um, I'm probably discussing that more. At, at 5.1, you, you know, you could you could make him a fifth midfielder. He's better than Carroll and Loftus-Cheek and players like that. And I know he's a bit more expensive, but you could, in theory, if you've got a bit of cash uh, knocking about, you could you could have him as a fifth midfielder and, and play him until he kind of gets dropped. Okay, chats. Well, let's uh, let's move on to Brighton versus Everton. So Brighton, as we've just spoken about there, Everton losing disappointingly at home, not going well for Koeman at the moment. And I believe that the betting for him being the first manager or the next manager rather in the Premier League to get the chop is increasing at the moment, uh, which would be a real shame actually because I do think he's a top manager. As what, what do you think about this fixture? That it's it's a it's an important game for Everton, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a Brighton fan, and um, I'm quite confident going into this game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a pretty rubbish, pretty rubbish result against Arsenal. Bad performance. I thought it was a poor team selection by Hewton as well. You changed um, your formation slightly against us, didn't you? I mean, cha- changed a load of players who were doing quite well for players who we haven't played in. Is Quayado, who's the new striker? Probably not how you pronounce it. I just thought I'd say it with confidence, but it's probably <laughs> how you pronounce it. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, he, you know, he, he's a he's a striker. He's record signing, and he was, I think, he was playing a sort of left wing back or something. So, I mean, that didn't work. And then Knockhart, who who is, you know, by a country mile, Brighton's best player and the most hard working player, I might add. He seemed absolutely tailor made for that Arsenal game, and he he was on the bench. I just I can't understand it. And wasn't that Sutton around does. as well? Sutton was dropped. To the yeah, bench. Well, Sutton was benched for Bong, who's useless and. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, the selection was—it was such a negative team selection against Arsenal. And I think Brighton at home um, are a lot are a lot better than they are away from home. You know, they, they beat Newcastle a few weeks ago. That was a big game. And I think they'll see Everton as a game they can win because Everton just don't look like they gelled at all with all the new signings uh, they've made. Yeah, so I'm, I'm backing Brighton to win this one. I've got Pascal Gross in my team, who I've had since the start. Are you going to play him for this one? Yeah. Oh, of course I. I'm, I'm playing him every week. <laughs> I'm never benching him. Unlike you, Ice Man. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think they could. You know, I think they could. They could get a good result against Everton, uh, and I'm, I'm going to back them to win one or two nil. Keep a clean sheet as well, and I think Gross. Gross is the is the standout pick. The only problem is they haven't got a striker because Hemed's gone and got himself suspended. Um, so you do wonder where the goals are going to come from. But is, is he brown up front? Brown, yeah. He won't. I, I can't see it. Glenn I mean, Murray Mur- could challenge him. Murray first. Murray's yeah. had a bit of an injury, but if he's if he's even slightly fit, I think he'll start over Brown because Brown isn't a striker. He's you know he's he's more of a kind of attacking midfielder type type player. So I, I think Murray will start if he, if he's fit. Yeah, I, it's going to be probably a tight game. I think probably one nil one nil Brighton. Gross Surely for where Brighton are at the moment, Murray would be the uh, the shout for them just to guide them through this period. You would think so. He's he's the kind of experienced head. He's. Yeah, he can score he, goals in the Premiership as well. He's he done it Yeah, and he, he, he's he's getting on a bit now, but he still managed to get nearly twenty goals last year um, in the in the Championship. It's just whether he's fit and whether he is up for it. And if he is, then yeah, he he could do all right against Everton. Has uh, any uh, any Evertonians that you, you do think might have some value in this one? Sigurdsson, you know, he's probably going to start performing sooner or later. Yeah, I, I I don't think he will at all, Sigurdsson. I think he's kind of playing Sigurdsson a bit like Tottenham did, just not in kind of the role that he should be in, like he did at Swansea, and he's not performing very well. What a Rooney, isn't it? He's yeah. he's kind of shoehorned Rooney into this team, and he's rubbish. And it just, I think Man United's best bit of business over the summer was getting rid of Rooney because he he's he's just completely. He's just lost it. He just slows all the play down, and he's he's just not very. Like, his passing is atrocious now. I mean, he made one good pass at the weekend, but on the whole, you watch him play, and he, he doesn't look very threatening at all. Yeah, no, no one from Everton for me. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. I've, I've got nothing to add on that. I heard it was down to poor nutrition, but uh, that remains to be seen. <laughs> um, Southampton versus Newcastle. Good result for Newcastle at home against Liverpool, I thought. They battled uh, They battled and got that point, which could be really important for them as the season goes on. In terms of Saints losing against Stoke, a bit surprised by that one. Crouchy came back to haunt them. Iceman, how do you see this fixture going? Anyone from Saints that grabs your fancy? Well, Saints have got Van Dyke back now in the starting lineup. He did give away a penalty, which... Um, Forrester saved, but um, I think it will make Saints stronger at the back. I mean, it probably he probably needs a few games to get back into it, get match fit. Uh, I mean, they had an unusually bad performance at the weekend 
against Stoke and I can see them keeping teams out a little bit better like, like they were before start of the season where everyone kind of hoped they would. I think Cedric still at 5 mil seems to be probably the guy to go for here with the value and getting forward and the crosses he puts into the box. It's just no one from their attack in my opinion. Southampton just they haven't got anything. I suppose if you if you're looking at Newcastle, it's um, that Yoslu who's who's going to be the guy with the stats, but it just <laughs> he can't seem to get. Yeah, I, don't, I can't see him scoring that many goals every game though. I know he's he's got the chances recently. He's just not put them away. I just can't see it, especially against this Southampton team. I think Southampton with Van Dijk back are probably going to shore it up a little bit more and probably be a bit of a, a boring game. This one, one nil, either team could go either way. Yeah, I. I... I definitely agree with that about Southampton attack-wise is with a no-go. They they had one kind of they scored a couple of goals against West Ham sort of at the start of the season at home, but since then they've really struggled at St Mary's, and that and that's sort of carried on over from last year. I don't know what it is about praying in front of their own fans, which has affected them so much. On paper, though, their defence of Cedric Van Dijk, Ho Ho Hoy 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 Hoy, we're not doing very well with pronunciations now, are we? Yeah. Uh, and um, and Bertrand. I mean that you know that is an absolutely top defence, and they've got. Um, Romeo as well, sort of in there. Uh, so you would back them, but I'm a bit. I do worry a bit about their their defence. I've, I've got Forster, who's a, who's a good goalkeeper, but with Van Dijk still unsettled. You know, coming out today and saying he wants to leave in January. Oh, did he? Um, yeah, Hoyt, Hoyt, whatever his name is, he still hasn't quite settled into the Premier. He looks like a, he's got the makings of a good defender, but I'm still not completely sure um, on him. And, and I mean, losing to Stoke, I mean that that isn't great. Conceding a you know a goal to a Peter Crouch, you know finish in the you know in the in the game is, is never a good sign. So I'm a, I'm a bit worried about their defence, but they've got a very, very good run of games coming up. They've got four winnable games, but they're gonna get you know, you expect them to get a couple of clean sheets. So yeah, I I think long story short, just repeat what you said, defence defence good, attack not so good. Yeah, I I definitely support that. I think neither team is exciting me going forward, but definitely defensively the Saints look good for this one. anyone else you chats with down on Newcastle? I haven't got anyone really from them that, that is Really jumping out for me. Well, just to note that Mbemba seems to have got... Uh, he was left out of the squad, so he's that four million option which people are going for, which might not be an option anymore. Don't know. Yeah, I, I put him in on my wildcard, mate. It was a, um, it was a, <laughs> a good call. He's currently in my uh, wildcard team as well, even though he didn't play a minute, but who knows, they might bring him back in. But they, they played a right against Liverpool, so... All right, well, um, let's move on to the final game which is the Monday night fixture, Leicester versus West Brom. Um, the player that, that stands out for me in this one from Leicester is potentially Harry Maguire. I still think he's reasonably, reasonably, sorry, reasonably priced as a centre-half. He's got golden assists this season, a couple of clean sheets. So I've, I've talked about him before, and I think the Iceman's also a big fan of him, but he's got the potential to do something attacking and defensively. I haven't been that impressed by West... I know they scored the two goals against Watford, but away from him, I haven't been that impressed um, with their what they offer in terms of attack. So I, th- I quite fancy Leicester to potentially get a clean sheet here. Iceman, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, potentially, but they, I don't know, they had a few chances which Bournemouth could have scored against them. Uh, they also had a penalty which um, wasn't given. Simpson more or less handballed it to save save a shot. It's a difficult one of them. They seem to let in a lot of shots and I'm never quite confident that they're going to keep clean sheets at the moment, even though they, they have a couple of games this season. But if, 
If they were, then Maguire would be the one. Uh, Mares was was benched for some reason. No idea why that was. Don't know if he's going to come back into the action. They've they've got some decent fixtures coming up: West Brom, Swansea, Everton, and Stoke coming up. So potentially there there could be some value there. I've got King in my wildcard team at the moment. He only got forty five minutes. Came off at half time though, but before that he did get two ninety minutes, which he played. I yeah. don't know if he's going to carry on starting though. Sorry. He's about 4.3 million or something? He was 4.4 when I bought him. He's 4.5 now. He's got heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just... I, I bought him in for the price rise, uh, hoping he might go up another pip, and then I can sell him. Has you got anyone you want to add on this fixture? Just that I, I'm just looking at the, the Premier League table, and Leicester are only not in the relegation zone by goal difference. And they've lost their last five games. They've lost, lost, drawn, lost, drawn. So, form-wise, they are pretty terrible. Um, they've got Vardy in form, which is good for them. But I'm just not sure that I would invest in them. And I, I just don't rate Shakespeare. I, I just don't think he's a very good manager. He keeps benching Iheanacho, uh, who I think you know has potential to be one of, you know, one of the best players. He's obviously seen something in him he doesn't like, even though they've paid, what, £20 million for him or something? Maguire is good because he's got the goal threat. I just He's 5.1 though. It's quite a lot for a, a relegation battling defender in my eyes. So I I've, oh, sorry, Karen. Not sure. No, that's it. West Brom are a team which like which like to score set pieces, and I think Leicester have actually let in the most goals from set pieces. So, likes of Fagazi and Evans, I'll definitely play them this game. Yeah, yeah, they're good options. Yeah, it's maybe a couple of West Brom defenders. We could be predicting a nil-nil here unless the teams can find their their goal scoring form. Um, and chaps, that brings us to the end good. of the uh, the ten fixtures. So I believe it's time for the Iceman to take a break. Yeah. Oh, Jumping up and down, Taya. Oh. Struggle is real. Right. It's, uh, it's that time again to summarise things. So, the uh, 10 game week fixtures. Don't forget, you've got a weekend off. Everybody needs to find something else to do or learn to love international football. Liverpool versus United. We discussed Lukaku. He's the obvious one if you don't already have him. Rashford becoming an option. Fellaini, a really good cheap price option. If you want a season keeper, excuse the pun, De Gea. And then we've got Phil Jones, who can't really put a foot wrong in the league at the moment. Coutinho and Salah appear the biggest threats for Liverpool based on form. Burnley versus West Ham. We're looking at Ward, Me, and Pope. From a Burnley defensive perspective, for West Ham, Cresswell and Carroll seem to be the most uh, favourable ones, but not doing too much at the moment. Palace versus Chelsea. Well, this potentially could be another, another, I suppose, clean sheet for Chelsea. A number of goals. We've got Batshuayi potentially in the absence of Morata. As Pelaquetta has been fantastic this season, and if you fancy a punt and a wild card, Hazard looks like he may be coming into some form in the next few weeks. City versus Stoke, we well, KDB's been fantastic, but for cheaper options, Jesus will likely start in the absence of Aguero, get well soon to him. Uh, John Stones or Otamendi, it's really tossing a coin on them over who you think will lose their place to company when he's back. One player from Stoke which might be good for rotation is Vimmer at a cheap price option for them. You've then got Spurs versus Bournemouth. Kane, the man at the moment, need not say too much more on him. Davis, though, is the uh, the cheaper Alonso of this season, it seems. And then Ali and Eriksson, we think you're quite safe having either of those in the team. The Iceman's family member, Stanislas, was mentioned just because um, 
because Swansea versus Huddersfield, uh, we like them, fill in the blank, uh, effectively, that discussion was. Watford versus Arsenal, Richarlison and Decore are, are still reasonably cheap price options for Watford. Monreal, Bellerin and Lacazette were the main ones we were looking at for Arsenal in terms of nailed starts. Brighton versus Everton, actually not too much exciting as for Everton, but Gross for Brighton looks a good shout. Saints versus Newcastle, really it's the battle of the defence. Anyone from the Saints back four you could probably bank on. We didn't mention Suarez as a good uh, sort of attacking option moving forward. Um, and Bemba, just a word of note, didn't actually play in the last game. So maybe the uh, the four million treat in our sides may have been taken away. And Leicester versus West Brom. Again, defensively, we sort of talked about both sides. Potentially Maguire, although we're not that confident about the ability to keep a clean sheet. Also defensive options for West Brom, if you have them, might be worth playing. Nice sum up. Cool. Lovely. Um, captain's chaps. So as, as, the, uh, as our, our guest, who are you looking at for this one? I think it's got to be Kane, isn't it? You've Every got to, you've, <laughs> you've got, you've got to bank on them to beat Bournemouth. I mean, if they if they don't score against Bournemouth, then it really is a Wembley curse, and they're in, they're in real trouble. But I I can see them rolling them over. Um, and actually, there isn't that many other options. I mean, you could I mean with Morata out, I mean you could go you could go for Hazard if you bring him in, which might not be too bad. But I mean, he's a he's a bit risky, especially with his ownership so low. Potentially to be good, but you never know. Um, and then you could go for a City player against Stoke, but you run the risk of them not playing. So to me, you've got Kane, who's against one of the weakest sides in the league, banging form, nailed on. He's, he's the man to go for. Yeah, yeah completely agree. Fair argument. Nice man, can you, can you offer any alternative? No, no I completely agree. The, my vice captain's on Jesus, though, just... Just because, even though it's definitely on Kane, the captain's. Yeah, I think had Morata been fit, I might have suggested him, given how bad Palace have been, but you just can't go against that man Kane at the moment, can you? So I think for the second or third podcast in a row, uh, no, second podcast because you went Morata before, it's Kane unanimously again, isn't it? Yeah. Anything that we haven't answered on Twitter? Yeah, we've got a few questions. We've got one here from Aaron Simonses. Don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, thoughts on Salad to Phil and or Mickey to Sterling? And as already answered this, saying always worth ditching Salad for better options. So, what are your other thoughts on this one, As? Yeah, it's a spell check, wasn't it? <laughs> salad. I like that. I was going to say we should do some food puns, but I didn't prepare any. So, no, no, and that no. wasn't that was actually a pun, an unintentional one. Anyway, um, yeah, I think uh, with Salah and and Coutinho and Mane, I think Firmino might be the exception. But with, with the Liverpool mids, I'm going to sound a bit like a broken record, but I think you you get one and you stick with them. And there's no there's no sense to me in swapping Salah for Coutinho because well, if you're on a wild card, card there. Yeah, if you're on a if you're on a wild card, you can make a case for it. Uh, he's a bit cheaper, isn't he? Coutinho, I think yeah. it's a couple, a couple point million less. They're both, they're both in good form. I, I think it's just a lottery with them. I think one week you could get Salah getting fifteen points, Coutinho getting two, and the next you could get Coutinho getting fifteen points, Salah getting you know fifteen. So it's, it's just a lottery. It's, 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 it's really hard. It depends what you want. If you want a player who is looking the more attacking of the two and making great runs into the box and shooting more often and all the stats point to goals, you go for Salah. But if you like your midfielders to be on set pieces and you like them to be the kind of central figure in the team, then you go for Coutinho. It's it's a nice decision to make. I think you need to have one of them. And I think it's a nice decision to have to make because it's, it just goes on preference and you'll be rewarded either way, probably. Yeah, fully agree with that. Billy, any thoughts? Um, not really to add to what you chaps have already said. I think that's my sentiments, really. Yeah, no. 
So we've got another one here from Andy Teague. He's just put call for five, two, three formations. Bargains and must for a wild card. Uh, and he just only loves the, the pod is uh, Tom Campbell's one of his friends who comes on. So what do we reckon five, two, three formation, Bully? Uh, I think there's... At the start of the season, when it all kicked off and we were loving the full-backs and the 3-4-3s, there may be, but I think there's too much too much in the midfield players at the moment you'd be missing out on if you did that. I mean, who would you find at the back being an ideal world? If you were going to commit to a, a strong five, you'd probably have, what, Kolasinac or Bellerin, Davis, Azpilicueta or Alonso? I suppose, uh, I suppose wing, wing-back king, as is probably the man <laughs> to ask here. Well, I, I disagree with that. I just completely agree. I think there's three... Three standout options: Alonso, Azpilicueta, or Azpilicueta, Kalasnic, or Bellerin, and then Davies. They're, they're the three wing backs for me because they're all playing in teams where they consistently play with wing backs, whereas the other teams don't. So look at Man City; they did. Mendy and Walker look like great wing back options, but they're not playing in that system anymore. Creswell looked like he was, but he's not playing anymore. You've got Daniels playing for Bournemouth. I'm just not totally sure about Bournemouth at the moment. The fixtures do soften up in a bit, so he would be one I'd consider. And I just think five. Five is a bit too much for me. I mean, I've got I've got three wing backs and Phil Jones, so I haven't gone full wing back. And if you're looking at a Jones compared to a Daniels, I think Jones is by far the stronger option. There just there just isn't enough options in defence to go five at the back. But I think you can definitely make a case for four, and that's probably where I'd draw the line. Yeah, I think the four-three-three formation is probably going to be the most popular coming up this year with these wing backs and the likes of Davis and yeah, even like Daniels as well springing uh, out this year, and with Bellerin and Klasnach also playing in that wing back role, getting forward, providing a lot more attacking returns. I think that the four at the back is probably going to be the biggest template team, whereas last year or the year before it was more or less three-four-three. If, if you're loving your wing backs, well, let's not forget the likes of Valencia, because I know, I know Jones is the cheaper option that United back line, but Valencia does get forward very well. Yeah, it's just, he's again a bit pricey, really, but I suppose they're keeping loads of clean sheets, just they've still not played anyone good for me, so it's, it'll in fact, be. He doesn't really, get enough, doesn't really get enough attacking returns, though. I mean, no. he's, got that, well, he's got that wonder goal a few weeks ago, which is one of the best goals I've ever seen in my life, yeah. but. He just doesn't. He just doesn't do it consistently, does he? He just doesn't seem to to get that killer pass or make uh, that you, killer cross or score many. So, but, yeah, you're you're right. He's only scored one. He's not assisted this season. He does like a bonus point. He's had two lots of three bonus this season, but um, he's the second highest scorer behind Valencia. But now I agree. I think the others would probably more likely score your goals and assists over the course. With, with Jones at five point one, yeah, it just sure. kind of ruins Valencia as an option. I think. Any more, Iceman? Oh, sorry, yeah. We've got another one here from uh, at Rhythm Algos just saying, Hi, guys. Honest question. I'm ranked 35 overall. Going oh, strong. Subtle boast. There, <laughs> yeah, it is a subtle boast. <laughs> so he's just saying, so just play wild card, take a hit. Better question would be, if you're ranked as high as your team, what would what would you do? Play it slow or wild card? Is more or less what he's asking. Is uh, he's, he's ranked high and uh, his team's not up to date, he's saying. So what would you do, play it slow or wild card? I would wild card, just trying to get as uh, 
stay stay as high as possible. I mean, like yeah. if you if you feel like your team's falling behind or you're you're losing track and you're not up to date in terms of form, then yeah, wildcard. I mean, uh, I'm I'm on it at the moment. I'm doing all right, but uh, I still feel like my my team needed work, so uh, I needed a wildcard to to get that work done. I mean, real. I mean, I a I can only dream about being 35th in the world, so it seems ridiculous for me to be offering any advice on this at all but I think you, you've got to stay aggressive haven't you? you you can't you can't just be I wouldn't have thought you could be that rank and then just kind of play it safe I think you've, you've got to go for it and you know you know don't take out Lukaku for Joss Lou but <laughs> equally equally you know look to bring in players with good fixtures you know play it normally play it, you know if you're 35th in the world doing something right keep doing that keep bringing in players who are in form have got good fixtures if your team looks uh, in a bad way this is a good time to wildcard because you've got the international break um you know you've got potential price rises you've got a bit of a fixture shift um going on so yeah i think if your team needs it go for it but don't don't re- don't ever rely on your players to you know kind of keep doing well if you, if you think changes need to be made then then make them yeah agree with that Billy, any further thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'm just well, what I'd be really interested to see is what's their what's their team like at the mm. moment. Um, yeah, because there does seem to be a phase where I think actually know, I, I can I can tell you that because he is the um, he's the top ranked person in the um, in the surgery league. If he, if he's 35th in the world, uh, then it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Yeah, yeah, Damian So he's got De Gea, Jones, Davies, Kalasnic, Dawson. Ramsey, Salah, Eriksson, Tom Carroll, Kane, and Jesus. I don't think that needs a wild card. I think that's that's a good team. He's got some problems there, though, isn't he? In terms of Ayu on his bench, Mariapa. I mean, his, his starting team, though. His starting team I mean, is strong. Yeah, it's just he's got Carroll in there as well. Never going to get many points, but you swap Carroll for Ayu this week, and he's got West Ham, and then the rest of the team looks pretty decent. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd probably keep it. Forget all my earlier. Stuff. I, I probably wouldn't wildcard that team. I think it's. I think it looks quite quite good. Yeah, I'm just looking at it myself. Agree completely. I think. Uh, yeah, just swap Ayu for for Carroll, or you could even go a bit more attacking. And no, no, I keep Dawson. Yeah, Ayu yeah. for Carroll. That's all I do with that team. I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd save the transfer. <laughs> I think it looks good. Yeah. I know how much money he's got in the bank as well. How much money he's got? Two point seven million in the bank with that as well. He could, up, he could upgrade Ramsey to a Sterling or a or a Sané. He could do loads of stuff with that. He, he definitely, could go. He could go. Um, he could go. To, yeah, he could go Carroll to Richarlison. That's another option as well. Yeah, uh, uh, we shouldn't be advising the thirty. <laughs> <rank, laughs> <is> <laughs> We've got no authority here. <laughs> okay, so you've got that team. You're that high up. You've got your wild card, and you've got two and a half million in the bank. That is. Uh, Fair play. Yeah, he could win it. He could win it. <laughs> You're doing well enough. You don't need our advice. <laughs> Moving on, uh, we've, we've got uh, Eddie Hughes. He's, he's just saying, uh, people hell-bent on team value rather risking losing that point one. So people are concerned about team value. How important do you feel like it is this year? Bully, what's your thoughts on team value this year? Um... I used to really, really like prioritise it and bank build and all those good things, but no, I think I still think it's about sensible transfers and trying not to take hits as much as possible. Yeah, as thoughts? Yeah, I, my my thoughts are going to change this year. I'm trying to play it differently. So I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm determined to wait until the end of the week to make my transfers, and I think the Aguero injury, you know, shows that quite a lot. So many people bought him in 
at the start of the week because of because of the haul he had against Palace, and then he, he gets involved in a freak car accident, yeah. and you know he's out for a month and a half. The other thing is that. Price rises are a hell of a lot slower this year than they have been in previous years, and a lot of the time you think you're going to make 0.1, 0.2 million, and actually, uh, point, you know, and, and you're not because the price rises are so slow. To me, my advice is to wait until the end of the week before you make your transfers, and it's something that I really intend to do all season. And I'm not going to go too mad for price value this year, and I'm, I'm just going to try and play it safe because, for the sake of 0.1 million, the risk can be so damaging to your to your team. I sound so grave when I say that, don't I? <laughs> that's, a, that's, an yeah. that's an important decision. Uh, but no, I, I think um, yeah, I, th- I think it's best to wait. I, I kind of agree with you, but sometimes I do think that the risk can be taken, and if you get away with it, then great. Because sometimes it can it can change things for like if you're looking at another transfer for next week, and you need that point one to actually afford that extra player then I, I feel like sometimes it is worth it. But you've just got that element of risk. But, I mean, it's, it's a gambling game, so sometimes you've just got to take it. It's just kind of trying to minimise the risk as much as possible, I suppose. Yeah. I think I think if, if, you, if you've got, like, two moves lined up and you've got the exact amount of money and you can see that one player's going to go up in price, that's very different to you want to get in Aguero to catch a point one price rise and you make it at the start of the week. I just think you, you've got... There is an element of gambling to it, but I think you, on the whole, you should try and play it safe. If you're forced into making an early move, then that's that's a little bit different. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Okay, great. Well, uh, sorry we couldn't answer all your questions there, guys. Um, we've uh, gone on quite a while, so please provide them for us next week, though. <laughs> we, will, uh, we will try our best to answer them. Thank you, chaps, and uh, thank you for all your questions. Listeners, as usual, much appreciated. It always uh, helps us to think about our answers pre-pod that brings us to the end of another fancy football surgery podcast i want to thank as for uh, joining us this week thanks for having me it's been, been very fun it so always is and I, and I want where, where can people get in contact with you if they want to uh, ask you about all things fpl so they can follow me on twitter uh, my handle is ff scout underscore as and i'm always happy to answer questions or look at your team and offer advice if you their secrets from me I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and it is good advice we know that for sure thanks sometimes <laughs> yeah, but thanks for joining us as seriously it's been great having you on and uh, Iceman yeah cheers as cheers guys good luck in your game weeks you and if you want to find out more about the Fancy Football Surgery podcast you can do so on www.fancyfootballsurgery.com you can find us on Facebook by typing in Fancy Football Surgery you can subscribe to us on iTunes and also listen to us on SoundCloud. You probably are at the moment. We are on Reddit, so you can follow us on there. And please give the pod an up, up the pod if you're on there. Up the pod. On Twitter is where a lot of our activity happens, at FF underscore surgery. You can also email us, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. Uh, and you can also join the Mini League, which, as you can hear, is hotting up. The code is 1173 hyphen four double five and if you want to uh, change sports. your team name to uh, to either tell me to shut up or uh, something else uh, regarding my name that'd be great <laughs> it's always funny seeing them <laughs> and finally uh, it's uh, it's a big thank you for listening for us from us all at the fancy football surgery podcast and if you fancy changing your team name to uh, berate the ice man we'd be interested to to see it next week
and that's the funky music. And that will be the right. Funky I'm off to bed. I've seen on Twitter, there's uh, Doctor Donato the. Uh, the I'm not going to say his name. Uh, I'll start again <laughs> on Good Twitter. Try. Ho ho hoi 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 hoi. We're not doing very well with pronunciation. 